Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price off Blackmores and Swiss Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 6th of September, 6 a.m. How good? Mate, walked outside and I was like, ooh, what's that under my feet? Crunch, crunch, crunch. Sleet everywhere. It is freezing down here in Ototei Christchurch. I must say, I can't believe it. Two days ago, 22 degrees. Sun is shining and well, it is cold as anything around the country. Wow, couldn't believe it. I'm in a t-shirt. First time I've had to shut this whole room up and put the heat pump on heat pump on high and just try and get warm. It is very very cold. So if you're in the cold out there, take care of yourselves. Wrap up and get warm and keep warm because horrible weather out there. Anyway, can't beat. Louis, back in the house. Morning, team. Morning, bro. Morning. Hey, bro. How you going? Yeah. No, mate, you might have had the cold down there, but we had the rain up here. It poured Ooh. down last night. It poured down last night, so plenty of water. I see. I said to Janine that um, they can't be complaining about the the, uh, the reservoirs being empty. You know how yeah. they said, don't, you know, just last year, I think it was, you're not allowed to use your water. Mate, we've had so much rain. I don't reckon they... I don't reckon they They've got enough places to keep it. Yeah. 
And you and you know the another thing is the rig. The rig pulled up last night, mate. The rig pulled up. I was heading to a board meeting. The rig pulled up right next to me because he stays in St Mary's, but he didn't. He? <laughs> yeah, and he go. Yeah. The last time he pulled up to me, he was in this little hatchback car. And, yeah. and this time he was in a Camry, which was quite a nice car. And the first thing he said, he goes, ah, oh, at least I got a nice car. Mate, I wasn't worried about the car. He still could have fit in it, mate. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the man is a giant. He's like, <laughs> he is, oh. and I know Mark, Mark's listening. He wants to catch up and you know, have, a, have a wine and have a chat. But, man, the, the guy's a unit. We should, we should find yeah. out whether or not he played footy. He did for Ellesmere. Oh, he did. He did play he footy. Did. He played because man, I'm looking yeah. at him going, "Yeah, but you, you must have been a decent player." I think he was. He's <laughs> one of the clubs out there. I don't want to. I don't want to throw one out because it'll be wrong. But um, yeah, out out kind of Canterbury Country way to the west of Christchurch. So, Mark the rig from Total. <laughs> the rig, mate. Yeah, 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 mate. He's a, he's oh. a, he's a unit, absolute unit. So, yeah, no. So good day, good day. Yesterday is a bloody late night with. Um, had a had a meeting to go to late uh, late last night, but man, that rain came down. It sort of came down. It started coming down yesterday afternoon lightly, and then last night I oh, bucketed down. So not frosty up here though. Not frosty like freezing oh. down there. She's cold, Kimpy. But yeah, you did right. Remember that last year? They said you can't use your hose. You can only have two minute showers. Now mate, you got plenty. So they'll be telling you, oh, maybe have a have a long extended shower. Eh? Maybe this time. We'll see what they have to say. Anyway, uh, Mark from Tauranga, the rig, he's an absolute champ. He's been there from the day one. He's been day one. He's dropped us off all presents. Remember that little um, that little package last year, uh, Louis, towards the end of our show? He had yeah. a couple of beers in it, a few little crackers Christmas, we were hooking into the, some uh, parrot dog <laughs> hazies at 6 a.m. on the last show. Yeah. Of the <laughs> oh, No, we weren't, sorry. Uh, of course we weren't. But um, <laughs> there was a great little spread from Mark from Tauranga. Morena, lads, and Trudy. Morena, lads, and Aroha from Daydot. From Daydot. Good man. Day 4am listener from work. Lol, he's, he's tuning in. Hey, good morning, my friend. Good morning. You're 4am. Wow, you're a bit earlier, a lot earlier than us anyway, mate. Appreciate your support. Big show, that's big show. First Chapel Hadley match takes place today. And remember, all the action is live here on SCNZ. Hamish Bennett will be calling the action and will join our show to preview that match this afternoon. Ken's. Ooh, it's going to be... It's been, hasn't been a happy hunting ground for the Black Caps uh, as of late. The last couple of series there, I was reading 3-0, 2-0, couple of 0s there or there, thereabouts. But uh, hopefully we can do the job. Uh, first one taking place this afternoon. So we'll preview that with Hamish. And then following that, how good was the under-85 KG final between the debt collectors from Auckland and the Southern Bush Pigs? Andrew James is a dusty, dusty manager for the Bush Pigs and he'll join the show to chat about set and well tell a few war stories over the last few days so looking forward to having a chat to Andrew James about the Bush Pigs give us one Kempi <coughs> oh it's a bit quiet today oh that's a sick one <laughs> <laughs> mate are you right? <laughs> that, that pig is wounded they got some bones stuck down there mate <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> I caught, I caught him off guard. He was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> too, early, too early, mate, too early. Let me too wake early, up. all right. <laughs> Big weekend we for the Bushies. 
<laughs> Big weekend for the Bushies. That was a great game. Some good quality uh, rugby. I was watching Breakdown too, and um, Millsy was talking about it. He said, man, the skill level was crazy. They were really good considering the conditions. So, uh, But following that, Steve Lancaster from New Zealand Rugby, Community Rugby, who'll pop into the studio at 8 a.m., and uh, they've got an exciting announcement in regards to Community Rugby around Aotearoa. So stay tuned for that. After 8 o'clock, he's going to pop in and, and have a chat with the lads and we'll fire a few questions to Lanks, particularly about the 85kg competition. But you remember a few months ago, he popped in with the trophy. And well, what unfolded on Saturday night, I'm sure it's going to go ballistic over the next few years. And then to end the show, New Zealand Bloodstock's ready to run sales catch up with Kane Jones. Only fitting. It's Pungwall trials today, and well, he was purchased Ooh. from the ready to run sales. So there you go. It's Ooh, all meant to be. Uh, Rosal. Nice. On the home panel. Send the video, mate. Send the video. Yeah. <laughs> mate, you want to. Oh. I want the voice I message from Waller that you'll get. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know. I've never. Oh, it's my first horse I've ever owned and or been in a partnership with, and I've never had been in a trial. So I don't know what to expect. But we got the message last week. There's a few horses racing in it. Look, it won't. They won't push it, but it'll be just good to see it jump out and, and have a wee trotter, have a wee gallop. It'll be bloody great. Yeah. Hey, I actually, um, lads, I was away in Hamilton on Sunday night, went down with. Uh, Shannon to the Horse of the Year Awards, which SCNZ sponsored. So Probabil um, won the Horse of the Year. I was lucky enough I voted in it. So this is a panel of 60 people that you kind of vote for the Horse of the Years, the three-year-old, two-year-old, uh, middle distance and all that sort of thing. And uh, it was awesome to be down there. Hutchie actually made the effort to fly in from – this guy is he's, – mm. he's unreal, isn't he? He's in New York. And he flies back to Australia, smashes a couple of days' work there, comes into Auckland on Sunday afternoon, straight in a car, down for the Horse of the Year Awards, gets up there, lights up the stage, talks about SCNZ's commitment to the thoroughbred industry and you know how, how excited we are to grow alongside a boom industry. And then, bang, straight back in the car, back to Auckland, a little bit of kip, straight back to Australia yesterday, and then he's doing his thing. He's, he's unreal and... Um, He's a, he's a titan, old Hutchie, and it was great to be down there with him. We saw Cam, saw Bruce, met Bruce's lovely wife, Angela. Is Angie, it? yep. yep. Um, that, tell you what, she let secret on a couple of war stories from their lifestyle block, and I said to Bruce, country clueless isn't reserved for just Kempi and Izzy, mate. <laughs> Are you serious? Mate, talk about clueless. <laughs> talk about clueless. Well, they lease their Seriously. land. Actually... We should get them on. Oh, yeah. Izzy, you got nothing on Bruce, mate. <laughs> Hey, a- Angela's, she, Angela's telling us, about, you know, who's, who fixes the water gauge and who does this and who does yeah, she that. Does, she does everything. I tell you what, it's not the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminds me of my days. Oh, man, but I'll, oh. you got to have that special one, that special someone. But you got to show, show vulnerability. I'm hopeless, honestly. Hopeless as anything. Could, yeah, she puts up all the walls. She drills holes. Oh, mate, don't even start anyway. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't rat yourself out, Daggy. Um, but it was unreal, it was unreal being down there, man. Because like you, you guys have both seen it in recent times. Izzy, mm. you you were watching your nephew play some code in um, uh, Hawks Bay there, Kempi. Whenever you go up north, I just am blown away with the support we've got from regional and rural New Zealand, and and the thoroughbred racing industry is right in the heart of that. The Waikato, you know, sitting there with uh, young George Chittick, Mark's son. 
um, Ella of, uh, the Tre- of Trelawney, the daughter there, and just hearing how their families and, and everyone's rallying behind the studs, the breeders, the, the trainers, the jockeys, seeing Rob Wellwood again, who just said he enjoyed the goodwill so much. Um, administrators, just people saying how grateful they are to have SCNZ promoting racing in such a positive way with people like yourself, Kempi, with Cinerama and Just Ask Me, and then yourself, Izzy, who you, you mentioned Pungal's your first horse, and look, the fact that you even know what the ready-to-run sales are and, and you're kind of willing to pump it up and share the experience, I just knew how, could really feel how grateful and how well we're mm. working together with the thoroughbred industry. So it was an awesome night. Really, really enjoyed it. And massive shout-out to everyone that came and said g'day. And, um, yeah, I love it. I feel real passionate. I'm feeling really confident about what we're doing with SCNZ and racing. Like, I feel like we're going strength to strength at the moment. I read those yeah, awards. I read the you – know, like, Tarko just cleaned up. They they got, you know, quite a few of them. Do they, do they have, like, rural awards, like, for the smaller-type trainers and, and the smaller-type areas that – I guess don't have the stables and the and the and the and the big, you know, top of the top so, of the mountain prizes. There's a couple of ways they skin that. So they have the stable hand of the year, and they have the South Island, the Central yep. Districts, and the North Island. To be fair, Nicole Shaler, who actually works for Tiakau, funnily mm. enough, won that one. But you get three nominations, so it's not just pilfered by the big stables. Mm. And the other one, the, the probably the be, one of the best speeches of the night. Kevin Dummy Myers, so he got the Lifetime mm. Achievement Award. And speaking of a guy who's who, who supports the regions, he takes his team to the West Coast Circuit every year. He's yep. down at Rickon, he's j- jumping, he's got so many horses in work. He employs lots of people. He mentors those young regional uh, jockeys, uh, amateur riders, that sort of thing. And he, him, and, and Mick hosted it, and Mick was on fire the whole night. But Dummy Myers, who's a guy you never, ever hear from, from his infamous, um, well, I guess you'd say, defiance of the media, he got up there and he lit it up. And, and that was someone who is mm. very passionate about the rural parts of New Zealand. So people excited to see you on the Grand Tour stage at uh, Rickerton, is he? They were saying, is Daggy DJing down there? <laughs> oh, mate, I can't wait for Cut Week, honestly. Ooh. Just gets me excited, and I hope the weather plays its part. But was it a fair reflection of the awards for for the horses that were were named and, and given the awards, uh, Louis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, uh, well now I can talk about who I voted for, and and I thought Maven Bell was the correct two year old. Mm. Um, she won four mm. over five starts. She was the most consistent two year old. I thought Imperatrice was the obvious three year old. Uh, the chosen mm. one won the staying award for the third year in a row. Probably won the middle distance and the horse of the year, and of course she should have. She bet Zaki. Uh, she ran fifth in a wet Cox Plate. Brendan and Joe Lindsay, the owners of the year, their investment into the game can't be overstated. Uh, and I tell you what, the one that I and I, I'll admit it because I got to be transparent. I can't talk about the ones I got right. The one I got, I didn't vote for that one, and it was the hardest. It was the hardest ballot to fill out was the Sprinter Miler. And this lined up on trivia against Levante, against Rock and Horse, against Coventina Bay. And I'll be honest, I voted for Rock and Horse because I voted. I think that although she only won the one Group One, that New Market Group One, the commodity we seem to work in right now is Australian Group Ones. If you win Australian Group Ones, you kind of that's what everyone wants. But 
the body of work Levante put in, so more panellists voted for her, and I can't take that away from the Kelsos and, and exactly her ownership group who love her so much, and she put it together. So she was a deserved winner, but I voted Rock and Horse, and um, across the night, some, I tell you what, Michael McNabb turning his life around, and, and he said, Mick asked him, you know, he got up, he won the premiership, and he won the jockeys, the champion jockey of the year, and Mick said to yeah. him, you know, Michael... So many people in this room that are proud of you. Are you now proud of yourself? And he said, "For the first time in my life, I am." And he just he lit, the room just melted, mate. Yeah, a, a guy who's just been to the every couple of real low points in his life, and he's and he's such a champion, and he's always got time for us. And but it was last yeah. year finding that being a model of consistency, and and he said, "I just got sick of letting people down, and that's why I did it, and that's why I kept when Lisa Allpress was chasing me. That's why I kept going where." And times gone by, I would have stopped. And it was it was awesome, Izzy. It was really cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. Like, obviously, heard little stories about um, Nabba and, and what he's been able to, what he's been through, and and like for him to turn it around, mate. Every time he rode a horse, you 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 had a chance when he was on top. You know, you had a chance because that's what great jockeys do. You see what J uh, Mac's able to do. He is the J Mac in here around New Zealand, mate. So well done to Nabba and well done to to all our winners. And yes, we love. Talking the great game that is horse racing because I love it and well <laughs> my bank doesn't love it but so I enjoy having a wee watch anyway, hey yeah, yeah good yeah hey 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 group one this weekend as well and it's going to be wet down there <sighs> Tarzina Trophy but we'll find a winner right boys couple of texts to get through then I got a, I got an important question for is you it this weekend? yeah man Tarzino Tarzino why are we going what's that what time's the why plane we where's the PJ <laughs> why aren't we going. We're going to Livermore. Oh, Livermore. So Tazino's here in Crosses. No, Hastings. Hastings, yeah. Hastings, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're going, aren't we, boys? Yeah, the PJ's picking us up Thursday. Just <laughs> hopefully it's not wind again. Yeah, boys, played a little code in my time. Darfield was the team you're thinking of, Louis. Current holders of the Coleman Shield. Yes. Nice stuff, Mark the Rig from Tauranga. NFL starts this weekend, brother. Up tour in the Dolphins. It's our year, boys. That's Brian Huntley. Yes, we'll talk some NFL on Friday. Daggy, you got your Miami Dolphins shirt on? <laughs> nah, I'm not a Miami you Dolphins. Actually do. But I'm wearing it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I've got a Dolphins shirt on. I've got a Dolphins shirt on, and they are looking good. Tyreek Hill's gone there, and ooh, he is fast as they come, the cheetah. Um, but nah, oh, I'm hoping. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm a Panthers fan. Carolina Panthers fan, they've signed Baker Mayfield. Whether he can make a difference, quarterback's been their kryptonite as of late. Obviously, Cam Newton, but yeah, that's my team. Well, we're, we're going to talk some NFL later on in the week. We're going to do a big preview on Friday, Brett, so make sure you stay tuned. And Richie, I'll get to your question a little bit later on, but right now. Can't wait question of the day. Ah, yes. We actually had an All Black squad. Announcement adjustment yesterday, lads, and a couple of really interesting points. Shannon Frizzell and Adi Savi won't be going to Australia for the first Bledisloe. Luke Jacobson, yeah, yeah, ring the sound the alarms. Luke Concrete Shoulders Jacobson is back in the squad. The only Chiefs player I've ever campaigned so hard for in my life. Uh, so that's good to see. And the question for you, Kempi and Izzy, and you on 0800 I cannot wait to find out who your All Blacks loose trio is this Bledisloe. So I'll tell you what, no Adi Savia, no Shannon Frizzell, which means that we have got Luke Jacobson, 
We've got Akira Yuani, we've got Dalton Papali'i, we've got Hoskins Satutu and Sam Kane. Interesting makeup. What do you do with it? And that's not even mentioning Scott Barrett. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Give me a call, tell me your makeup. I couldn't wait till next Wednesday to talk about this with you or next Tuesday when the team's named. I needed to know now, so come and sort it out for me. 26 minutes past 6 a.m. Right, loose forward makeup. I could not wait to find out what you made of this. Kempi, who do you have for the first bled? Oh, oh look. Oh, well, Sam Kane gets a seven, obviously, you know, with his yes. effort on the weekend. And then you've got, like, no eight, no six from the last game with Artie and uh, Frizzell being, being left out. So Dalton Papali, I think, probably gets... A spot because he got a he got a game on the weekend. Um, whether or not they move Sam into the sixth jersey and Don Papali'i onto the outside of the scrum at seven uh, is the question. My, oh, look, I've gone for Hoskins Satutu at at eight. I think with he's the only recognised number eight in there. Um, but you don't know where their mind is thinking, especially uh, Jace Ryan with the type of player that he wants in that middle. You know. Um, aggressive mongrel type player. So does Scott Barrett go to six with Brody, um, Brody Retallick going back into the back row and then, or does he go to eight? You know what I mean? So he doesn't have to change too much of that up and the only change they really make is bringing Brody Retallick in and putting Scotty Barrett on the back of the scrum. That's where my logic seems to think like that if that's the way that Jace Ryan's going. So I'm actually going to go, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going... Scotty Barrett to eight, and Luke, um, not Luke Jacobson, Dalton Papali gets a start at seven, and you put Sam Kane on at six. Okay, mm. um, yeah, okay. I'm thinking that there is a genuine option there with Barrett. Um, he'll go. He can either go six, and, or you go Akili Uani six, and then you've got Luke Jacobson. So for me, I'm probably going to go. Luke Jacobson's going to go to six. I'm going to throw him in at six because he offers a, um, a something different. He's very good over the ball. Like you said, he's got concrete shoulders, and he has very good with ball in hand. And I'm actually going to throw a Kiriwani at eight. I'm going to throw a Kiriwani at eight. And, and if he can find something that Shannon Frizzell was able to find over the last couple of weeks to to just bring that edge, that bit of mongrel that, that he needs to get. And you need, I don't know, Akira sometimes is one of those funny ones. He can... He can bring it some days, and then some days he can't. If he can find that consistency to bring a bit of an edge, then I, I think. But I think him and Luke can kind of swap. So Luke can go to eight, and Akira can go to six. So like, there's, there's two options here. I, I think that's it for me. I think Sam Kane, you're right, first name on paper. I think yep. Akira will come back onto the blind. And I think that Luke Jacobson, I've, I've got a funny feeling that, that Hoskins is going to be unlucky. And... You know, yeah, I do too. I, I think Luke was unlucky to not be in the initial squad. You know, he he says that he is he he actually wasn't hitting hard because he had those concussion issues, and he said yeah. that after playing NPC, now his confidence built back up. He's got concrete shoulders. He's unreal over the ball. He's working on his ranging game out wide. Is he? I think he can make a difference. And, and that's the bit there. Like he, he can he compliments Sam Kane. So Luke Jacobson comes in. He adds another. A pilferer over the ball to be able to attack the Australian breakdown. So that's where I see his difference. Hoskin, good player, ranging player, but probably not the same impact over the ball. So that's why I'm going with Luke Jacobson. 100%, especially if you're going to lose Ardia. Kane Barrett and Satutu says, Chris, what are you saying? Double eight, double three. Joe from Gizzy is up after this. We're going to get to some news with Aroha for Kubota. Kubota, together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Mm-hmm.
SENZ with 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business, again, is our trade. A couple of sports headlines to rattle through, lads. The US Open is... Well, firing on all cylinders, Rublev has banged Cam Norrie straight out of the tournament in straight sets this morning. We're waiting for Francis Tiafoe and Rafael Nadal to take place before Marin Cilic takes on Alcaraz Garfia this later on, which well, actually this afternoon at about quarter past 12. Nick Kyrgios, sensational yesterday. Uh, right now, Iga Swatek is in battle with Nimba in her round of 16 game. She is, they are three, three games apiece in the first set. Jessica Pagula dumping Kvitova out 6 3, 6 2 in straight sets. Danielle Collins and Sabalinka is the 11 a.m. game on the women's side of the draw. Hey, I thought I'd play us a little bit of audio of where Joe Park is at in his training camp ahead of his fight with Joe Joyce. Yesterday, I watched Andy Ruiz. Uh, wow, go absolutely bang for bang with Ortiz. That was a great fight in the heavyweight division. Joe Parker, how's he travelling? Joe, how are you? How's life? How's the family? Hope you're doing well and hope you're training hard for the fight. And how's the injury? Um, hope it's recovered and you're getting better. And don't worry about the sparring. Listen, sparring is sparring, but you'll be okay on the night. You'll do well. Trust yourself. Look forward to bashing your face in. I'll see you soon. <laughs> he's, he's honestly, he's, they should do a Netflix program on Joe Parker, man. He'd be great. <laughs> oh, he's a crack up. He's looking good, though. He's training hard. That's going to be a doozy. Going to be a doozy. We got Joe from Gizzy on the line there. We better get to him. Joe from Gizzy. Got Warriors and Lucy's morning. chat, mate. Morning. How are you? Morning, morning. Oh, mate. But, but a little, little bit disappointed after Friday night, gentlemen. Went outside to turn the brisket over. Came back inside and we were beat. Saturday uh, night. So, uh, Saturday night, you're talking about the Warriors. Well, who else am I talking about? Kimby. <laughs> you know, it's just like you think it's four and a half minutes ago, you think, I've got it, I've got it, I need to turn the brisket, right? I need to turn the pork butt ends for the Kai. I come back in and holy moly, we're going to extra point. And it's just like she's all over Red Rover. So I uh, had to pick out. Pick ourselves back up and uh, save the brisket and the pork butt ends for uh, the All Black thrashing of uh, of the Argies. I'm looking at Kane Bennett with Dalton in our back three, and Luke and Yuani can come off the bench. Yuani's a bit hit and miss for me. Um, some days he's doing his knitting, some days he's bringing his shoulders. I tell you what, though, uh, Izzy, you must have had a hell of a day when you took your little fella to the uh, Canterbury Hawks Bay game. Hey, you you up there, Hawks Bay up 25-3, and you're thinking, jeez, we've got the wrong jerseys on. We've got the wrong jerseys on. (laughs) Don't, mate. I wore my Hawks Bay jersey proudly, too, and I got pumped in the stands. They were chucking popcorn at me on the way down after that defeat, mate. 25-8 up, 20 minutes to go. I was cheering, and we just What about the wind, though, Izzy? How big was the wind? Boy, she's snowing here. (laughs) Oh, there's snow outside. Sorry, boys. I can't believe it. First time I've seen snow dropping in, in Christchurch. Um, mate, the wind was crazy. The wind was crazy, honestly. Like, it was a 20-point win. Um, had a catch-up with Bridgie yesterday, and he was like, mate, it was a 20-point win, and in that second half, we were doing everything to try and lose that game. And then they found something. I was like, well, I wish you did lose that game, Bridgie. 
Billy, <sighs> Billy Harmon, mate. Billy Harmon is he's, he's like good, a eh? gladiator at the moment in, in uh, the NPC. And we'll have to do a bit of a reset on our NPC points total as well, actually. I haven't. No, I haven't... don't. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Oh, man, I was gar today. Oh, a pretty special day for me. <laughs> pretty special day uh, afternoon yesterday, boys. I got to present uh, Southland under twenties with their with their jerseys. They're playing obviously an under twenties tournament here, and um, and how do we uh, catch it? You just reminded me because I spoke to them about boys. I had a chance to pick Southland and Northland in my last pick, and I went Southland. What's going on? Come on, boys, sort it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's an awesome day because uh, Marty McKenzie, I don't know if you're Martin, Damien's brother, he's the coach yep. of, of Southland 20s. And oh, wow. um, young Jack young Jack Taylor, actually one of their players, just got named in under-19s. Boys, the under-19s squad for New Zealand Rugby just got named. First time they've played and are uh, named an under-19s team since 2007, the year that myself and a few others went over to Belfast and Ireland and won one over there, so it's been a few years before under-19s team got named. So I was trying to work this out. So that was that the Mike Sandal where he was the yep. manager of that yeah, team. Yeah, um, his manager. Yeah. And so Tom Donnelly's the under-20s coach, and then Mark Hammett's looking after the under-19s. So we've actually got another yep. program, which is awesome. I mean, that's Kempi. That's mm. talk about development. You know, you're giving guys multiple opportunities and multiple years to actually have that taste of it. Yeah, give, the, give them a give them a look at. Um, I guess the. The future and and what style of player they're coming up against in the future too, you know, because what you'll see is you'll see most of those kids that go from 19s to 20s start to filter out into the best kids that come into the All Black side. If you have a look at the at the ages, of, let's just talk about the loose trio that we're talking about. It's 24, 25, you know, so mm. they're not far off the All Black side. So I think I think the introduction I saw that too was he the introduction of the New Zealand mm. under 19 side. I thought that that's a really good age group. 19s and 20s, yeah. that's where development goes from development into professional, you know. Yeah. So yeah, It's um, like college sport, that's right. It's well done. Yeah. 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 Well done on that. Yeah, college into 20, into 19. So, and they're travelling to South Africa. they got four games in South Africa against, uh, I think, Lion Sharks, uh, there's a couple of other teams too, mate. So how good is that? They get to go on a tour. So New Zealand Rugby are uh, putting some genuine uh, options for these kids going coming out of school and, and into the into the next field. So, well, mate, cool things. Will Jordan only played his first game in South Africa like four weeks ago? Yeah. So, so yeah. figure that out. COVID's now gone, mm. and we can actually start setting our squads. Awesome, is he great pickup there, um, boys? We don't need Hoskins or Akira. They only play for twenty minutes. The game is eighty. Says Grumpy Brian. I mean, sorry, Brian. <laughs> uh, Barrett at six, Hoskins at eight. Uh, they will relish playing an open game against Australia. That's from Jared, and it's a pretty good point, Izzy. If you're going to yeah. let Hoskins have a go, I understand why they might not have thrown him into the cauldron in South Africa because of the sort of player you're mentioning he is. A Wallabies game could be up his alley? Could be. Could be. Yeah, he's, he's onto something there, Jared. It could, it could be an option. Um, just for me, I just, yeah, I, just, I just feel like we need something else. We need... Someone that compliments Sammy Kane and will allow. So, yeah, Scott Barrett's a genuine option there because he's obviously another line-out option with them as well. So he can go to six. But, yeah, I, I think Hoskins will be unlucky if I'm going to be completely honest. Brody, Brody Rotella basically mm. um, gave away what where the All Blacks should be in the comments post the, the test match on Saturday night when he said we had our hardest week of training mm. um, 
that he can remember, and we went out there and we delivered on the pitch. You got to remember too that they delivered on a night where the where the clouds opened, the rain came down. You know, so they're keeping it to yeah. three errors. Three errors. Three oh. errors is phenomenal, and I mm. and that's why I'm thinking with Jace Ryan, you don't want they the just so just so this is my own personal thoughts. You don't want to open expansive game. You want to build on that and really grind this win out, and then take a. As the game goes on, if it gets out to a 20-point, 30-point lead, then that's fine. But you go out there and start playing expansive against the Australian side straight away, you're actually going away from what you just done the week before. And that's what, that's what our trend is at the moment. Loss, win, loss, win. You know what I mean? We actually want to try and get back-to-back wins and grind them out. So who, yeah. he's, who he picks in those loose trios to replace? Because Ardi Savia, what a massive loss. Huge. You know, it's huge, um, given the context of, of where they are currently as a football team. I was a little bit nervous after that, Kempe. I was a little bit nervous after that announcement. I was like, oh, what a huge <laughs> loss. I was thinking, um, who, who replaces – well, I was thinking not about the football, the footballer, but I was thinking, who replaces his workload? Mm. Well, they are all going to yeah. have to step up. Hey, um, I don't know if you heard this, is it? I don't know if you guys spoke about this yesterday, but you mentioned Brody Retallick. Oh, it's somebody that would know told me on Sunday night that maybe during the week Brody came back into squad and was throwing some boys around at training, and there was yeah, he would have. yeah, and maybe it's and Dane Cole too, mate. mate. That's right, and it's similar to that, but he's come back in from Hawks Bay and he's gone. What his nah nah. And he has done a vintage Brody week, and um, yeah, I, I, I just you can see it, you can see it, and it's it's great that he is there, but now it's on everyone else to hold that standard, as you say, Kempi. Who picks up the workload? They all have to. Eighteen away from seven. Well, we got come f- see me. We got a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet, and we've got the what old song we got today. The old what song we got. One. We got the new, we got the old. <laughs> oh, we need to do it. We'll do a new one, eh? Do a new one. This is how we do it. Quiz is how we do it. <laughs> Eighteen away from seven. Come through. Come see the quizmaster. Oh, 811 Quizzy Dag. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it, Quizzy, they come play it. Oh, 800. 150 811. Now give us a call. Oh, wow. She's snowing here in Otatahi Christchurch. Woo, crazy. Kids are loving it. Kids are loving it. Anyway, let's head to Luke from Dunedin. Is she snowing down in Dunedin, Lukey? Oh, we got a late start for school, so it's awesome. Snow on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Kids will be loving it. All right, mate, good luck. Here we go. Question number one. Nick Kyrgios, upset number one ranked. They're now Medvedev in the US Open yesterday. Which country does Medvedev hail from? Uh, Russia. I'll find a friend. (laughs) (laughs) KGB. Russia. (laughs) 
Yeah, you had it. You had it. Now you just wasted oh. it. You got no more phone friends. Come on. Here we go. <laughs> Question number two. What is the maximum score you can achieve in a game of temp and bowling? Great question. Time up. Five. Go, time up. 180. Four. 180. No. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Luki. Okay. Have, have a good <laughs> Have a good day, brother. <laughs> Brenton. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, mate. Yes. There you go, boy. Here we go. Good luck. What is the maximum score you can achieve in a game of temp? Oh, 300! <laughs> you know. You know. Google yeah. know or you know? Yeah, Here you go. No, Question I knew number that. Three. I knew that. Yeah. All right. Good man. I trust you. I can hear it in your voice. Kiwi cyclist Corbin Strong just won his first professional stage of, the, of a road tour. Which tour was this? Um... I don't actually know. Can I get a friend, brother? Oh, okay. Well, Megan Markle. Megan Markle. It's cryptic. Oh, I don't know, man. Oh, sorry, Brenton. Have a good day, mate. Is it the tour of annoyance? <laughs> Tour of Simon from Auckland. Morning, Simon. How you going? Good, thank you. Kiwi cyclist Corbin Strong just won his first professional stage of a road tour. Which tour was this? This is the Tour of Britain. Tour go. of Britain She's is correct. Princess, isn't she? Here we go. Question number four. To the nearest ten, how many athletes did New Zealand take to the Commonwealth Games this year? The nearest 10. Oh, no clues on that one, eh? Um, so now I'll go 70. 70 is incorrect. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Brad. Morning, Brad. Morning, sis. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. All right, mate. Congratulations on your anniversary yesterday, my boy. Anyway, what is it? Oh, Up to the nearest beauty. 10. How many athletes did New Zealand uh, take to the Commonwealth Games? 228. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> what a guess. <laughs> oh, hey, you Google. You come in late, you Google today. But he didn't even answer the question. <laughs> to the nearest 10. <laughs> wow. Shut up, Billy. No! <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, mate. You tell him. <laughs> Here we go. Question number five. Oh, no. Here we go. And what decade did the Black... And what decade did the Blitzlow Cup start to be... Pla- uh, cup... Start to be played for. Five, what decade? Four, three. Oh, <laughs> uh, the thirties. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> hey. oh, I would be spewing if I was anyone else on oh. Brad, yo, <laughs> sis, that's a grab. You have a good day, that's mate. That's a grab, Brad. We got that. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't, don't take that, Louis. Don't take that. Mate, Hang up on him. he still hasn't answered the question. To the nearest 10, how many athletes did you do? Oh, I'd be filthy if I was on the line. Oh, well done, Brad. That's good. And then under pressure, put the clock on him straight away, KMV, and he delivered 30s. That's sharp. That was very good. <laughs> I couldn't even beat him. Seven away from seven. Well done, Brad. Very, very sharp work, Brad, there. And that's Quizzy Dag, and that's a $50 TAB bonus bet every morning just for calling in and playing the quiz. After this, we'll get to a couple more of your texts. Coming up to 7am, I'm going to read a text, distract myself. The Aussie style narrates that the game is open that is also in our DNA. We can do both, Kempi. Smash and grind up front and slice and dice in the back. So that's uh, from what Jared. are you watching, Jared? We can't do both. That's why we go and win-loss, win-loss. We need to get we need to get consistent. Maybe in the future we can do both, but at the moment I think we just need to just tie ho and and rein it back in. <laughs> yes, tie ho. And you know, I'm lost. Is he? What's, what's funny? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's funny. I'm just going to read Richie's uh, message for you, Louis. Quickly before we shoot off to Ottawa. Morena lads. Question for Louis. Do you think that Profonda needs a stable change? I think Richard Litt has done a great job, but I think he's gone as far as he can. Cheer Richie. Nah, absolutely not. Back these trainers in. He's got him to this point. He's, he understands he's learning from mistakes as he go. I, I think you empower a guy like Richard Litt, and it, it doesn't all have to be Gay Waterhouse's, Chris Wallers, and Jamie Richards. Mm. There's plenty of good trainers across New Zealand and Australia that could all do a job. Bang. There you go. Chapel Hadley Cricket coming up. Hamish Bennett. Going to talk it. It starts today. How good. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Back soon. Izzy and Campy for breakfast on SENZ Tuesday, the 6th of September, and it's after 7 here on the show. It's snowing down here, actually. Crazy, crazy. Still gone. It's been snowing for the last half hour, and she's white everywhere. She is freezing around the country at the moment, so take care, wrap up, look after yourselves. Big hour ahead. We're going to talk to Andrew Andrew James. He's the manager of the Southern Bush Pigs. They won the under-85s. Uh, competition on Saturday, the curtain raiser to the All Blacks against the Auckland Depth Collectors. And he's a wee, dust, wee bit dusty today, so we'll have a chat to Andrew James shortly. And then we've got Steve Lancaster from New Zealand Rugby Ghana to the studio to talk about an exciting announcement regards to community rugby around Aotearoa. So a big show coming up for sure. But remember, live here on SENZ, the Chapel Hadley 
game that is taking place this afternoon is live here on SCNZ. You've got Dan McCarty, you've got Hamish Bennett, you've got Damien Fleming, Sam Hargraves. You've got a good crew bringing you all the action live here on SCNZ. You don't have to watch it on telly, you can just tune in via your, your little portable radio or whatever, your app on your phone and have a wee listen because it's going to be a doozy. Can't wait for it to take place this afternoon. We've got our next guest here is calling the action, Hamish Bennett. It's always a huge ask to win in their hostile environment over in Australia, and so much so we haven't had an ODI series win there. So could this be history-making Black Caps side put a change to that? Hamish Bennett has played for the Black Caps during this special time as it has been immense for the Wellington Firebirds for a long time in domestic cricket also, and he's on the line now. <coughs> morning, Hamish. Thanks for joining in, mate. Uh, morning. Hey, cheers, Izzy. Hey. Morning, boys. How are we? What do you know? We are very good, mate. Exciting, excited for this afternoon. I was uh, having a wee look at the previous result. Hasn't it been a happy hunting ground for the Black Cats, <coughs> mate? What what makes this challenge over in Australia such a difficult one? Well, I actually think um, it's a little bit different, this challenge now, with um, the games being in Cairns, obviously Zimbabwe shows, you know, playing in Townsville, the wickets being a bit different, not being in those traditional, these hostile cricket environments where it's a bit intimidating, you know, playing at those iconic grounds. I think actually playing in Cairns is actually a really good thing for us. I think the Australians obviously um, looked a bit rattled in, in uh, Townsville. They looked to cruise against Zimbabwe. Unfortunately, I think for New Zealand, I think, we probably wanted Zimbabwe to be Australian in Game 1, probably not in Game 3. I think um, Andrew McDonald probably would have given them a Kevin Walters-like spray. Probably could have got him up from Broncos HQ to give the boys a bit of a spray and hopefully a few of them um, didn't have really cry about it. And um, I think Australia will be will be on, um, unfortunately for us, in, uh, in Game 1. I think the intensity will be, will be pretty high enough. Cops some pretty bad media back home um, about losing to Zim. So they'll, they'll, they'll want to, uh, a bit of showing. So you, so you think that five-wicket loss to Zimbabwe is going to spark them, mate, and, and what, we don't have the squad to, to go out there and get a win on the back of that Zimbabwe win? I, I, think, we do have, I think we do have the squad definitely to go and um, to obviously try and put some more, uh, put the foot on the throat and really try and rub some salt into their wound. I just think, um, I just think for us, if Zim, if Zim beat them in game one, it would have been perfect. I think the Australia would be really barred up, I think. But what it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to the pitch. Um, we saw that in Townsville, just sort of un, untested, hadn't been played there much. It was a tough wicket. Um, hopefully, Keynes is a bit flat of a wicket. Um, and a lot of those Australians under pump, mate. So it's probably a pretty good time to to to, to play them, I just think. Um, Australia will be pretty, you know, I think they'll come out pretty barred up as well. So it should be a hell of a game. I think we probably need a few things to go away early. A fellow fast bowler like yourself, mate, would you be licking your lips to be able to play over and obviously in Cairns and, and over with the heat and obviously the moisture in the air? Will that will it allow the swing bowlers to have a huge impact? Yeah, I hope so. I'd be really interested as you see what it's like under lights actually at Cairns mm-hmm. there. And traditionally in Australia, you want to sort of bat under lights because the pitches will dry it out during the day. But this time of year, I mean, if you bowl under lights, the wicket can get a bit wet like it does in New Zealand. It could be really good swing conditions. So. I'll be interested to see what both teams do, actually, if they want to... I mean, in that Townsville series, obviously, both teams look to bowl first just because of the surface. So, uh, And we've got two batting captains, so they probably won't want to bat first if they see a hint of grass or a hint of swing or a hint of anything on there. So um, it'll be pretty interesting to see um, what happens 
first half is pretty unknown, I guess, for both teams and uh, spectators. Sorry, Hamish. And what about the spinners, mate? Do you think we'll pick a spinner uh, going into this this test? Uh, well, unfortunately, you have to pick a spinner, don't you? No one wants to watch them, but unfortunately, <laughs> you have to pick them. Um, no, I think I think we'll play Mitchell Satner, uh, definitely. I think the big solution conundrum there um, is, do you play Tim Saudi or Matt Henry? I mean, Matt Henry's been the incumbent, uh, then obviously got injured uh, before the West Indies ODI series, and then Saudi came in and had a hell of a series with the ball, got a three for and a four for um, gets that bounce, um, which is really key in Australia, and can swing the ball like Matt Henry as well. So I think that's probably the big selection conundrum of who they pick out of those two. I think Mitchell Satner definitely plays. Um, then it just mm. depends on the surface whether you go more seamers or you bring someone like Michael Bracewell in who can hit it at the end and then maybe bowl to Alex Carey. And that's, yeah, that's Stephen's the only left-hander, really. Only Sashin Agar plays. Oh, I'm Warner up the top. But I want to ask you about Michael Bracewell. He's obviously from Wellington. You've played a ton of cricket with Michael Bracewell. Mate, what have you made of his uh, transition into international level? Had a hell of a series in our last out, in their last outing. So you, you've been pretty proud and, and, and you made of his uh, performances? Yeah, oh, mate, I think it's one of those things. Isn't it? I think you probably knew a lot of players as well who could have played for the All Blacks or be good enough to play at that level it was just about timing. Um, Brace has just got his timing when he's a little bit older. Um, Hard-hitting, obviously, all-rounder. Probably just... Um, the, the tough thing for him, mate, is he hasn't been bowling that much. I mean, he was keeping not that long ago. Um, so he's just been bowling, you know, bowling to quality players at international level. Um, and unfortunately, he's, he's no prisoners at international cricket with the amount of media and scrutiny and data and so he's just got to um, just stay mentally strong with his bowling, really, and know that some days it's going to be pretty tough, and then other days hopefully he can get some rewards. But I think having the, the two spinners in the, in the side be able to spin the ball both ways, um, I think that's, that's pretty big for New Zealand, especially going into the World Cup in India. Hamish, the ODI, do you think the players still value that cricket? That's a great question. Um, I think the players do. I think from a fan's point of view, um, I think they just want to see a bit of, you know, a bit more hit and giggle. And I actually think that's what I did Australia in the last um, in the last one day, was they actually tried to go as Zimbabwe, tried to charge, tried to really take the game to them, tried to dominate them, and it wasn't a surface to do that. So I think, I think the players still like it. I just think it's, and a lot of cricket traditionalists still like it. I think it's just I don't know, what's happened mate, and the landscape's changing so quickly. Um it's just one of those things. I don't think anyone, especially you no know, Indians, are getting their checkbook out to to do a, a fifty over sort of IPL like tournament. Unfortunately, I guess all the money's in the T Twenty or or less balls. Hey, I just want to quickly ask you about Kane Williamson. Obviously, he's had his fair share of niggles over the uh, last couple of years. Like, how important is this series for Kane as a cricketer and just really stamping his mark on that captaincy? Um, just obviously injuries has, has caused a major hurdle in his career, but this series, are we expecting him to really go over there and just stamp his mark on the split cap side? He's just getting a dad bod now, isn't he? He's just realising what it's like to have kids <laughs> and he doesn't have as much time and he's going to be picking them up and moving around the household and all that. He just can't bat now for sort of eight, nine hours a day. So he's just, he's just realising what life's like. But I think for, um, I think for Kane... Um, I mean, he's he's already got that mark on the captaincy within the group. I think um, yeah. he's obviously had a bit of a tough time with the bat. Um, 
you know, and the media obviously jumps on that because we're so used to um, like him and Coley and that scoring so many runs. So if you if you're thinking if you're feeling bad and I think Kane's not going great, I mean, think of Rat, he's been scored a hundred international cricket for over a thousand a bit days. I think they update it every day, the Indian fan base, poor fella. So um, I'm, I'm expecting, uh, yeah, I'm always expecting runs from Kane. I think every time he comes out of bat, they're expecting runs because so, he's just such quality player. So there's no doubt he would have turned over every stone to um, give himself the best prep and he would have batted in the nets a lot. Um, and that's an understatement. So I guess he's just he's just got to get a couple of shots away. Um, you know, it's like, is he when you play the bike crash? You yeah. just need to get out there and get a couple of shots away <laughs> and you know it's your day. Quack, um, quack. Um, zero, uh, not out. <laughs> A duck. So I haven't got a shot away there, Hamish. He's, no, he's a fisher. He likes fishing, Hamish, on that outside. I'll sort that out. You're not, you're not, you're not playing, are you, mate? I don't want to face your bloody rapidness had, coming down there. I haven't I haven't had an email or anything, but if, if Flynn's listening or either Heath Mills or either Play Association, would mind getting out there? Having a wee jam run? Oh, jamming it down there. I'm, nah, nah, I'm nah, a, nah. I want to see him facing it. <laughs> nah, nah. Hey Tough Hamish, head, what do you make of the contract chat, the players, and trying to free themselves up at the moment? Um, oh mate, it's um, it's great to watch from the outside. I think um, I think it's really tough, mate. I think I actually think all countries after this next IPL option are going to be in the same boat. I think we just did it a bit earlier, just with the amount of money. Um, I think the IPL next uh, next IPL, I think it's fourteen million US a game. Um, is the television rights. So there's, you know, 10 teams playing 14, 15 games each. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of money. So, I mean, you're expecting those contracts to be somewhere between sort of 7 to 9 million, I think. I think it's landing around about there for that sort of um, work. You should have you should have kept playing cricket, is he, instead of choosing rugby. Um, and, um, that is crazy. You know, yeah, so you, you look at that and you think you think of someone like Pat Cummings, you know, I mean, could he get an eight, nine million dollar deal and could he just burn off the test camp sea of Australia and just focus on that? You just you just don't know. I think it's gonna turn I think it's gonna turn into football. I think um mm. you know, you have your four or five leagues, you look at I think Australia, the Emirates League and South Africa won't clash next year at all, so I'll try and get their own windows. You have the IPL window and then you get a window for the hundred and that's probably forty 44 weeks of the year and then I reckon a bit of international cricket around that I reckon that's what it's looking to, to be like unfortunately Hamish is it good for the game? Is it good for the game of the cricket? What's going on with all this money and you know money can be the the death of many and you know like you've seen what it's done to a few few people around around the world but what's your take? You think it's good for the game? Um Oh, look, I, I, I still love my test cricket and I still love the, the amount of international cricket that is played. But I look at the younger generation and I do a little bit of coaching with the younger generation, see them around sort of indoor centres or down in the nets. And yeah. you see a lot of big bash tops now. You see a lot of IPL tops. You know, it's equal to the amount of New Zealand tops, if not more. So I think it's just the way the world's trending is, is the way the leagues are. I mean, they're exciting. They're action-packed. They're in and out. And then I guess with the co- with COVID as well, um, international cricket's not become weaker, but I think teams have um, teams have picked and choose the, who plays when, and that's probably you know what happened to Australia losing to Zimbabwe. They didn't have Pat Cummings, you know. If you put Pat Cummings in that bowling lineup, do you back them to defend 140? Possibly, you know, they could have bowled them out for under 140. So international cricket hasn't become weaker; it's just become people were just 
picking and choosing when they rest players and, and that. So you would hope that if there is more leagues and there's less international cricket, that when there is international cricket, everyone's available and everyone plays. Beautiful, mate. Oh, I appreciate you coming on. You got the call later on this afternoon. Good luck with that. Have you got a little like, one-liner you're going to use? You prepared a little one-liner you might be able to share with us? You know, we should listen um, to you tonight. A little word or you know, what do you got? I hate you, Australia. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, throw it out there, bud. Throw it out there for we'll our SC, early, uh, early. partners. Get it, <laughs> Get it out there early, mate, because it might come back to haunt you if uh, history is anything to go by. Mate, appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, Mr. Bennett, uh, champion bloke. Thanks, bud. There he is. Hamish. Boys, Talking Hamish about dropped the mic, so Bennett. <laughs> what about his crack up? Talking about Kane Wilson. So good. Batting for nine hours and just realising life is about kids now, boy. You know, Kimby, like, we've talked a lot about live golf and we've seen it blow up, but cricket in the calendar, like, sporting calendars for these um, sports codes that aren't all done on one, you know, that it's not a monopoly. Like, it's outside the NBA, the NFL. Like the EPL and like football is a little bit interesting because there's a multitude of them and you got the Champions League and they can kind of hang in there like that, but it's got their own issues. But these sports that depend on a calendar where you try need to try and line the athletes up to be in the same place, they're about to go through absolute turbulent times with investment coming in at a rapid rate. And like, what's to say that the Saudi money doesn't come after cricket next? One hundred percent. I've just been writing some notes down as Hamish has been talking like. And you're, th- and you're looking at it through, I guess, multiple sports is that fan experience and how they engage those fans um, when he's talking 14 million US dollars a game over 10 mm. to 14 games. You're talking massive money, big contracts and attracting players all because of fan engagement and that fan experience. So um, it sort of says to me that the, the way that we watch sport in the future is really going to be governed like... I know it's governed now by media rights, but I mean, like, if you've got that many people watching the game in India and they're paying that much for one game, of course players are going to go because they can get... Where else are they going to get $9 million from? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I think there's going to be more places they can get $9 million from. 100%. Like that's and if you're thinking... And it might be $19 million. As he he goes from living on a five-acre block in, in Christchurch to, you know, owning half of the Gold Coast overnight... You know what I mean? It's just it, the the money is phenomenal. It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Honestly, I was watching the LOV and I was thinking, wow, you know, like just seeing the fan engagement, the like spectacle, entertainment. We all want to be entertained, and just seeing the whole setup. I'm sitting there thinking, the PGA, they must be shaking in their boots for what they were just watching. Like obviously. Um, DJ getting that, wow, what a putt it was. To they reckon, that, hole, they reckon that Sharky Norman had a magnet in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Oh, man, all the conspiracists were coming out and left, right and centre. But no, honestly, like, sports about entertainment and being entertained, and that draws the fanfare. entertainment business. And that's, that's right. what they do. That's what LOV do. They've got all the flashy lights. Look, it's not your traditionalist golf, but it's different. You know, when the IPL came out, it was different, and people hated it at the start, but then it started drawing attention and drawing, uh, you know, 
uh, golfers or cricketers from around the world to go and be a part of it. And money talks, mate. Honestly, from watching that, I was thinking, wow, the PGA, they must be just sitting there going, what is happening? How has it come to this? Well, and, and the, the where you don't have one governor that can kind of, or an arbiter, a czar of a sporting code, trying to line these calendars up with money coming from here, there, and everywhere, as Kempi points out, you can change someone's life overnight. It's only a matter of time. And then what's the next sport after, you know, I'm watching the tennis now. Like, who's to say the WTA and the ATP are sound? I mean, what's the figure? What's the number? Watching the next, I said it, the next 10 years of sport and where it goes is going to be fascinating. 100%. You can't, you can't have that one, that one model uh, one shoe fits all, you know. And like it's it's like rugby in this country. You can't continue to say you got to play play in New Zealand. This is my own thoughts. So you you can't play in New Zealand. I can't pick you if you go up and play in Europe. You know what I mean? There needs to be players are just not going to choose the black jersey. Izzy, when you were a kid growing up, all you wanted to do was play the play for the black jersey. Yeah. You know the money was there, but it wasn't you know phenomenal. But but now mm-hmm. you're talking phenomenal money for front rowers to go up to Europe. Like where is a front rower going to get that type of money? See, it's, it, it, I know we're going to shoot off, Louis, but it, it kind of resembles or just kind of goes along the lines of, you know, a lot of these people play for their big clubs, Chelsea, Everton, and then they go back and play for their country for squiddles, you know? Yeah, for the love of it. it, it for the love of it. So is that where we're going to get to with a lot of these sports? Yeah, going back playing for their country is for the love of representing your jersey. Well, pretty much right now. I mean, mm. look at what Trent Bolt's done. You know, like he wants to play for the Black Caps, yeah. but he's actually said that can't be my priority anymore. No, and nobody, mm. and I don't actually think anybody's blaming him. No, of course you don't. So twenty-three minutes past seven. The other question is, how does the Silver Lake deal age in a decade? How do we look back on it and the value? And actually, after eight o'clock this morning, we've got an announcement around community rugby with Steve Lancaster. Cannot wait for that. So make sure you lock in. Are here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Kempy's off the back fence. Going to go whack after this. Fence with Tony Kemp. Uh, who would have thought that the All Blacks would be top of the championship table at this time only a month ago? While the team struggled to come to terms with the impact of the series loss against the Irish, followed by a loss-win, loss-win start to the championship, all past indiscretions have seemingly been washed away. All of a sudden, the country is back on the All Black Super Train, and with the Bledisloe Cup up next, expectation of a nation is riding high. Can the unthinkable really happen and the All Blacks win both the Championship and the Bledisloe? And will the country finally stop going after Fozzie and Sammy Kane if they do? And how important is it then that this Bledisloe competition for the All Blacks comes around at this time of the year? I think there's a great chance of the titles being locked away in the NZR cabinet this year. And if that does happen, Fozzie and Sammy will be regarded as saints, not sinners, leading into the World Cup. But lose the Bledisloe, and I think the New Zealand public will be calling for blood again. Losing to the Irish, South Africans and Argentinians are one thing, but losing to the Aussies, well, that's just unforgivable. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Half past seven, Kempi, that is interesting. Izzy, I know you've got some thoughts around this. We'll get to you after the news with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. 0800 Give us a call right now. Have they papered over the cracks? And can you see through it, or is all well with Ian Foster, Sam Kane, and the All Blacks after the big Argenti- Argentina hiding? What do you think? Win the trophies, forgiven, 
or is it just papering over that see-through crack? Come on, come through. 0800-150-811. We'll talk to you after this. SNZ, we are 27 away from 8 o'clock this morning. Some live sport going on right now. The US Open, as Aroha alluded to, while Swatek is fighting back in the second after going down 6-2 in the first against Neymar. Uh, and, well, Rafael Nadal, he has dropped the first set 6-4 or 4-6 to Francis TFO, the number two seed. Now, that is interesting because TFO, once he gets up and about in front of the home crowd, he will be hard to stop Marin Cilic, Alcaraz Garcia, a little bit later on, 12.15. Today, uh, we spoke to Hamish Bennett about the future of ODI cricket and the future of cricket to start the hour. We have an ODI series, the Chapel Hadley series, today live on SENZ from 4pm. Hamish had some thoughts around the ODI format. I think from a fan's point of view, um, I think they just want to see a bit of, you know, a bit more hit and giggle. And I actually think that's what undid Australia in the last one day. Was they actually tried to go as Zimbabwe, tried to charge, tried to really take the game to them, tried to dominate. Them. And to finish our headlines with Gull, fueling your mission all year round, visit gull.nz. Kempi, interesting you talk about the where the situation is with the All Blacks in the Rugby Championship because the upshot is everyone can actually win it. So everyone, and this is including Argentina, <laughs> Australia, South Africa, and the All Blacks, can finish top or finish down the ladder. The, act- the, the actual reality is the All Blacks could beat the Wallabies in both games and still not win it. The only way they guarantee winning it is by thrashing the Wallabies, so beating them with a bonus point. So it can shake down in so many different permutations. For you, Izzy, if they win both the trophies, all is forgiven? Uh, Look, it goes a long way, for sure. Um, It goes a long way to just... Um, you know, just calming New Zealand, uh, New Zealanders um, down. You know, just just making them relax. Um, but look, uh, I was just thinking about Kempi's thoughts. Like, yeah, I could just handle a loss to to Ireland. I can just handle a loss to Argentina, but I could never ever forgive <laughs> losing that little exactly. trophy didn't to Hamish, Australia. Didn't Hamish hit the nail <laughs> on the head? <laughs> yeah, like a, nothing, nothing. Like you, you, everyone asked me, who do you hate? Like losing, I said, oh, I hate losing, for one, but I couldn't stand losing to the Aussies because they just let you know that they've won it, and oh, I just can't stand it. But, um, mate, just so much history. 20 years since we've we've held that trophy. The Lord bled us, so it's something that, outside the World Cup, this is the trophy that they, they cherish the most. So, look, if they did that, oh, it'll be bye-bye to Fozzie and Co, because... It's just, yeah, I don't even want to go there, Louis. Don't even want to go there. 25 to 8, let's go to the Kenatai phone line, um, Kempi, because you've got people going. We've got Joey in Auckland. Joey, is this something that you've forgiven, the All Blacks performance after the weekend, or where are you at, man? Yeah, look, you just, I was just talking to the boys yesterday. They've got to stick with their process, and um, the process obviously worked on the weekend. The cracks come when you're under pressure, you know, when, you, when, you're, when it's a close game. I mean... When, you, when you're starting to get out and you're in front by, by 15, 20 points, it, it's, it's a totally different game. It's when you're under pressure or you get behind 
that's when the the, 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 the real pressure comes on to, to deal with it with everything, you know. And if you and if they keep doing what they're doing, even the, as you said, as they said yesterday, the Ford's coach said even he got it wrong, uh, you know. So it's not just the players; it's the whole mm. the whole setup. The coaches as well have got to get the mentality right, and that 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 five percent of mentality when you're under pressure can get you the win game. What's happened with him when Richie McCaw had the was was uh, the captain and that? That's what they got over the line with a lot. With that, you know that mm. that five um, percent. Six percent um, up in your head that we can win this. We can still do this, even though we're down by ten. We just got to go, you know, and and not rush and everything like that. And that should be fine. And also too with Stephen uh, Pettifer, uh, I think he should be the first guy on the plane to the um, end of the year tour because that 18, uh, 85 seconds they gave him was terrible. And I mean, if he if he doesn't become an All Black again, I think that's that's just unfair mm. on on him. You imagine you imagine being at home. And they say, oh, well, you're an all-back. And he goes, yeah, for 85 seconds. I mean, yep. so he should be the first guy. It doesn't matter how bad he plays in the NPC or whatever. He should be the first guy to give him a chance to, to be an all-back on that tour and say that I actually have been an all-back. Yeah, Joey, I hear, what, I hear what you're saying. And I totally agree with you. You've got to be in the fight for not just this uh, the game last week, but also this uh, Bledisloe Cup couple of test matches so I think the way that Brodie Retallick and the boys got absolutely dirty as he in, in and around that uh, middle of the ruck especially is is probably how Fozzie and them really build on this team and another thought that I had was they should keep making those incremental changes in the back room you know so mm. they add they add Jace Ryan they change up Joe Smith there are 20 year um, what would you call them like People that servants. Have, servants that have been there that actually, I think, need to be moved on and they should keep working on making those incremental changes to keep giving this this all-black um, team new new blood, new enthusiasm. That's just, that's just my always, thought. You're always going to get a backlash after losing, Kempi. That's, that's the thing. Like You think the last time we lost to Argentina, we went out and smashed them 38-0. And then we lost again, we went out and smashed them 53-3. We haven't put back-to-back performances together. So this is a huge week for the leaders in that group. There's a huge week for the leaders to find. If you're not finding motivation and if, if you're not putting in genuine preparation in the best team where anyone would give their left boot to be a part of, I was going to say the other one, but I said boot, <laughs> <laughs> then, then you shouldn't be there. Honestly, this is the greatest rugby team ever to be a part of. And if you're not finding any sort of motivation or desire to go out there and represent them and do anything possible to prepare well, then you shouldn't be there. So this is the week where we find out really where this All Blacks group's at. It's a hard one already because we've lost Adi Savia, our greatest player. So I'm a little bit nervous in that sense. But we've got the depth to come in and provide that. And just on his thoughts on, on, on um, Peter Feta. Mate, they have to give him another opportunity. That you can't do that. that I feel sad for the boy. It just reminds me of Peter Gus or Kula. You know, Peter Gus is sitting there out in the lurch. He got an opportunity against Ireland, and then he's just been shafted against the side. He could have an opportunity to go play for Fiji and blah blah. I hope that doesn't eventuate with Stephen Pirafeta. Um, I hope they can just 
stay true and given another opportunity. 20 minutes from 8, Chris says they have hired the cheapest plaster to slap on a quick coat of Fozzie Bear Magic, which is expiry date of a week. So there are still people that are sceptical coming through on double eight, double, double three. We haven't had a back-to-back performance. That's right. Uh, Louis, we haven't had yep. anything. So there's going to be sceptics out there. But just hopefully the the team can see that they don't brush it aside because we can't handle a loss. Is everything you were saying about the All Blacks and the black jersey? Well, I think that's how they feel about the Southern Bush Pigs because they've gone back-to-back. In the <laughs> under-85 division, Andrew James... They um, know how to do it. He'll be live from the Hurt Box, I suspect, after this. Quarter to eight, Kempe, let's do it. Let's go live to the Hurt Box. Hey, out there, a splendid smile. About on Saturday night in Hamilton is not only did the All Blacks get up, but so did the Bushies over the debt collectors in the under-85 kilogram national finals. Southern Bush Pigs manager Andrew James is back with us this morning and is surely feeling the pain of what I imagine was quite a loose mad Monday. Morning, Andrew. How is your head? Yeah, g'day, mate. i tell you what. Um, the, <laughs> been through the ringer. It's, uh, it's been a few days, that's for sure. Yeah. Mate, yeah. tight. it was a tight oh. game, but nervous? Good heading towards the end? Yeah, a lot of nerves. I reckon the last 25 minutes, actually. Um, yeah, me and the coach, Ty, were, um, you know, we could actually see each other's hearts beating. It was it was real scary stuff. Um, that's finals footy, though, isn't it? And um, boys got there in the end just... <laughs> Mate, the Auckland Depth Collectors obviously had a lot of size. You think under the eighty fives, you know, the size doesn't matter. But they actually did have a bit of bit over you in the forward pack. They were they were um, getting a lot of dominance there. What was the messages to try and um, nullify their success around around the rolling moor and, and the forwards? Yeah, they um they, they certainly outplayed us. And Graham uh, in the in the forwards and Graham Henry um rubbed mm. it in in the sheds after. He said, yeah, yeah, you. Your forwards were pretty shit. Your backs were awesome. Right? <laughs> 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 oh, that's Just the modesty from Graham, eh? Good feed, yeah. good but, feed, um, good feedback. Nah, yeah, I think we um a lot of a lot of the game we um we were piggybacking them and uh, tackles and we didn't get them low, so we we just had to keep sending that out there and um penalty penalty count was yeah super high. Um, quite stressful on the sideline just watching it because your messages aren't really going through to the boys. I guess that's maybe the occasion, the final. Um, and, um, and yeah, but got there in the end, mate. We got there in the end. So, um, yeah, certainly stressful times. Hey, Andy, you've uh, won a couple of back-to-back titles now. Has uh, the recruitment um, people from overseas come knocking on the door like they did last year to try and take a few of your boys? Oh, the... Um, Look, we we haven't really um, haven't really been kind of listening to any outside noise. We've been trying to deal with um, <laughs> celebrations and <laughs> and again, actually we had a bit of drama on Sunday. We um, we're off at six thirty a.m. on a bus to Auckland, flying down to Christ, uh, flying down to Dunedin on a direct flight. We get to uh, Dunedin Airport twenty meters from landing. High winds diverted to Christchurch. Oh. So um, we uh, we went to Christchurch Airport three hours, um, feeling sorry for ourselves. A couple of BK burgers, and um, and then finally get a bus down to Dunners. We didn't get to Dunners till nine pm. We were meant to be arriving at eleven. So the boys were pretty defeated um, mentally there. Um, and yeah, but um, but we had we had one hell of a Monday, a Monday yesterday. That's for sure. 
Back on the horse, I'd say, mate. Just carry on. These are the times of your lives, mate. That's why you play the game for, for moments like this. So surely that bus ride, you, oh. you chipped away at a, at a couple, mate. But few of the stars of the game. Oh. I saw that finish from your um your right-hand wing, mate. Oh, you had some quality, some quality skills out there. Yeah. Old Rancy, yeah, the ginger ninja. He, um, <laughs> that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. I was actually Snapchatting. Um, I, being on Sky Sport, I thought, no, 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 we'll leave, we'll leave the social media out of it. And I was, I was getting a bit of Insta and Snapchat footage, and I managed to just catch that try live. So that was pretty good stuff. It was, um, yeah, got got the boys um, fizzing up. It was that was an awesome try that. And then Bucky got one later, our uh, our dentist. So um, yeah. yeah, got one late in the game as well. It was beautiful. He was quality too, mate. But just on that, on the moment, like doing the anthem, like the whole um, build up to the game, mate. Like the boys are loving it. I was, I was following the camera when they were panning across their faces. There were smiles, eh, mate? So the boys obviously really cherish that moment to be able to do a curtain raiser uh, before the All Blacks game. Yeah, they were chuffed. It was, it was a huge occasion. They um, coming up to me um, after the game and just being like, wow, you know, in awe. Of, of it all and um, you know, thanks to New Zealand Rugby for giving us that opportunity playing before an All Blacks game unreal you know so um, that, that was epic yeah the boys were just fizzed um, so it was it was it was just such an experience for the guys and um, to get to another final and get the job done again it's great great to get the um, mm. the uh, another title and um, we actually looked after the, the trophy this time it's um, still in one piece <laughs> Oh man, that's cracker! Oh, we'll let you go, mate. I can hear it in your hear it in your voice. You're ready to go again, mate. Day three, it's better than day two. Yep. All right, you'll be fine. Yeah, go on, go well, mate. Go well, my okay, man. Mate. <laughs> hey, trust your pig. There he is, Andrew James, manager of the Southern Bush Pigs. They got the job done against Auckland Debt Collectors and uh, old Graham Henry. Eh? <laughs> it's pretty on the nose when he talks up pretty straight up. As they come, I'll tell you a story. Actually, come down to the Highlanders um, my first year, and I was playing well. I don't know if I've told you the story, but I probably have. And he comes down, and I'm, you know, I'm feeling good about myself. He walks around, and he comes up to me, and goes, "Dag," I'm like, "Yeah, Ted." He goes, "Geez, you're looking tubby." <laughs> 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 and I was like, "Huh? Oh, you're looking a bit tubby, but you're going well. Keep it up." That's a good impression too. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can do them all. I can play the. He can sing. He can play the guitar. He can dance. Ah, hell of a man. <laughs> Very good. Well, to be fair, you did tell us that you'd put on what, like, ten clicks. No, not ten clicks, but I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was probably, I was, my playing weight was ninety five ish, and I think I got up to about ninety nine. Oh, yeah, okay. so I put on four. You heard that Butch? But you, still, heard, you heard that Butch Castle story? You heard that one? Butch Castles. No, get, we get him on the radio. We've had him on. We get him on to talk about horse racing. Um, he goes down to Dunedin, goes down a halfback. Yeah. Goes down there for yeah. a year, comes back at the end of the year, walks off the plane, his mum doesn't recognise him. <laughs> <laughs> well, she might not recognise him again because he's just done a, he's actually been in fat camp, self-proclaimed, and he's actually I saw him on Sunday. He's, he's not looking half bad, the old butcher, so he's, he's going pretty good. Uh, seven away from eight is his bomb squad. A little bit more code after this on SCNZ. Got Izzy's bomb squad.
Oh, it's amazing what a difference seven days make. Last week I was dealing with a three-day hangover along with an unforgettable All Blacks loss at home against Argentina. Fast forward a week and we are here. The All Blacks dominated Argentina and put in half a century on the Las Pumas. As fans, we demand nothing but perfection from our All Blacks team and that might just be the closest thing to perfection. Listen to these stats. 32 kicks in play, kick meters 1,000, passes 197, but this one, handling errors, 3 over 80 minutes compared to Argentina's 13. Total turnovers, 6 compared to Argentina's 15. Ball carries 142, but this is probably the most telling. Line-out success, which had a big impact considering the Christchurch game, 100%, 14 from 14. San Masoni, Tokiaho and Dane Coles getting the job done for the All Blacks. The questions are, how were the All Blacks able to turn it around in one week? Is this enough to change your mind on certain players' combinations, your perspective on the team that is our All Blacks? Sam Kane and Rico Ioane silence many, many critics with that performance, or have they? Richie Moonga was vilified after last week's performance, but this week, has he won you over? For me, it just shows if you genuinely care about the jersey and you prepare like your life depends on it, then those performances will come 90% of the time, 99% of the time. The battle for this team is yet we are, we are yet to put in back-to-back performances. Good teams play well, great teams back it up. How much do you want this mean? The ball is in your court. There we go. Coming up, we're going to have Steve Lancaster New Zealand Rugby Community Announcement coming up after 8 o'clock. Yes, can't wait for this announcement. Stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 6th of September, 8 o'clock. Appreciate all your messages coming through. Izzy, do we need a change in strength and conditioning department for the All Blacks? Is Simon Thomas the next in line for that role? Get Beto in there, alongside him for a few kick-sits too. Cecil, uh, no, not Beto. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have a training session with Beto at lunchtime today, and I'm not looking forward to that, it is tough. Nah, they don't need a change for sure. Um, Gilly, Nick Gill, he is, wow, the ultimate master, the guru, and what he's been able to do for the All Blacks, mate, the fitness probably has, has never been a problem for them, let's be honest, the fitness side of, of the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby has never been.
been a problem. Simon Thomas, big future. Big future. Um, just only one seat on that bus at the moment, and Nick Gill's got a firm hold on that seat. So I appreciate all the messages come through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. There's another one there from Squid. We'll get to those shortly. But right now, oh, it's a huge moment for community rugby in New Zealand. I'll throw it to you, Louis, to introduce our next guest. Yeah, no, you're right, is it actually is. It's, I'd, I'd probably call it a seminal moment, to be honest, because we've been ambling towards this for a long time now. NZR and the 26 provincial unions, well, it's just gone ATM, and they've just opened applications for $7.5 million worth of funding for rugby clubs as part of the recent Silver Lake involvement into New Zealand rugby in our national game. Over 450 community rugby clubs are set to receive investment, which ranges from 10000 to 40000 per club with the first round to be paid by the end of October. So we're in September now. We're talking cash injection. Steve Lancaster is the GM of Community Rugby. He's always very good with his time. He's in the studio, wandered down the corridor to see us this morning. G'day, Steve. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, it does make it easy when it's just to walk down the corridor, doesn't it? <laughs> Could have bought some coffees. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Not for the leagueies. They're saving it for the community. They're saving <laughs> it for the community. Right. Yeah. $7.5 $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7.
giving back to the community. Have you? What, what's the feedback from the clubs, mate? Um, what, what has been? The, I've been travelling around doing a filming a show, and we went to a club in, in South Auckland, Puni Rugby Club, mate, and uh, it was in dire state. Let's be completely honest. So, what has been the feedback from them to? And have they really taken to this? Is this enough? Or was this just a start? Uh, so I'll answer your last question first. This is the start, right? So this is just an initial uh, cash injection into the club system. Um, yeah, we want to we want to share uh, some of the immediate uh, benefit of Silver Lake with our with our community game, um, and, and and so th- this is really a distribution from that that initial capital injection. But the intent is over time, as uh, you know, Silver Lake's input into our business and our capacity grows, and we're generating more revenue that we're able to continue to invest more money into the community mm-hmm. game. So. Yeah, this is the start, really. Um, the um, the second question in terms of what the clubs have said, well, I guess we'll find out today. We've we've been pretty mindful of of not getting ahead of ourselves, and so we're only we're only announcing this scheme this morning. We've talked, um, you know, uh, openly for some time about there being seven and a half million dollars available to clubs, and certainly there've been plenty of questions about when they can start to get their hands on that. But we've worked through a process over the last couple of months with the provincial unions to. Um, just to ensure that we've got the right criteria in place and that we've got the right checks and balances. So we want to ensure that every club that receives it is legitimately a club, that it's incorporated, that it's a member of the provincial union, uh, and that it is active. Is it every club, links? Like, like we've got so many rugby clubs around New Zealand. Are you going to be able to um, contribute to every club? Yeah, that's the intention. So we've again, we've worked with the unions to this date to, to validate their mm. local lists of clubs. And by our count, there's somewhere around about 475 clubs you know and we, we don't know exactly because um, we, we, we need to go through that process of validating them against the criteria but we anticipate 470 odd 475 clubs will benefit from this yeah hey it, I just want to sort of take it um, or tack right here with that seven and a half million dollars and I and I'm and I'm guessing that that's just the start of uh, funding that's going on the clubs is there a a, a board that looks after the clubs that you go to to say this is this is what we've got in mind from the NZR to go, go to that clubs and do they have a say in what they could do with that seven and a half million dollars because I'm thinking if you're giving them seven and a half million dollars now and say it's part of a three tiered process and you're going to give them seven and a half million dollars in three years time and and all of a sudden you've got 21 million dollars that you've ring, ring fenced for the clubs wouldn't it make more sense to invest that 21 million dollars and grow a fund that is prophesizing where the $21 million stays there as opposed to just giving away $7.5 million and it, and it goes and clubs spend it and then you just aren't building a, that, I guess, that um, that perpetual funding that could possibly happen? Yeah, that, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question, right? And it's something we've thought about a lot uh, in terms of how we manage this uh, going forward, um, investment and distributions. The key thing to, um, I think, recognise is that uh, with 470 odd clubs, we we can't have a relationship or even direct engagement with all of them, right? And we'd have to set up a department just for that, and it would be a big department. But we've got 26 provincial unions, and so the provincial unions are our conduit to those clubs, yeah. and we work with the provincial unions uh, in terms of what's what's best for their clubs locally, uh, and managing the relationship with their clubs. In terms of you know setting up some sort of an endowment or um, you know, accumulating funds over time for distribution. We, the, another another part of um, this whole construct that we've we've created um, through the new capital um, raise process is what we've called the legacy fund. So mm. initially, the sixty million dollars being set aside in a legacy nice. fund that will grow over time, 
and the intent of that fund is, is primarily to invest money back into the community game uh, but again we'll do that through the provincial union so we wouldn't anticipate clubs pitching up and applying directly to access returns from the, the, the legacy fund but we would expect to be engaging with provincial unions on behalf of their clubs mm, like a trust yeah yep. Well, whatever you invested in, let me know, mate, because it's horrible times out there. Holy, <laughs> uh, mate! Uh, thanks. Just, just on the on the game, uh, club rugby, where, where we're at in terms of of numbers and members being a part of the, of these clubs. It's all um, great and, and, and gravy, uh, giving these clubs money. But are they general, Do they generally have a lot enough players? I've heard of um, clubs only being able to field one team. So, yep. Uh, yeah, where are we at with it in terms of club rugby? Yeah, so senior, so we track we track the numbers through the season, and then we do a wash up at the end of the year where we you know we finalise the numbers. We just have to cross check you know duplicates and the like. But um, but club but senior senior club numbers are actually looking pretty stable. Um, so you know we haven't seen significant movement up or down over the last couple of years. It's been really hard tracking player numbers over the last three years because it's been so volatile. You know, twenty twenty they took a massive hit. Twenty one they were up. This year they're going to be we think down again a bit in total. Uh, but club numbers are actually pretty strong, Steve. What, so, so what is your um, your hope? I guess with the with the um, increase in funding that goes in the club, what do you hope the outcomes are here for all of the clubs as as a development officer for community football? Well, first and foremost, we want to ensure that the clubs make choices that will enable them to still be here in ten or twenty years' time. So, if you know if. If, if that's clearing a little bit of debt or, or, or um, you know, or putting a lick of paint on the club rooms, that's fine. If if their club rooms are in good heart and financially they're in great shape, then they might want to invest it in um, upgrading some of their, their facilities so that they're, um, you know, they're more more usable and more accessible for female players because we've got big big growth in numbers and female players and we're significant expecting another significant uplift next year off the back of the World Cup this year. Um, they might invest in, in programs or initiatives to grow, you know, to grow their junior grades. So again, we're keeping it really open ended. We mm. we just don't want to be too prescriptive at this stage. You know, where we, we may be more prescriptive is down the track as we're looking to invest the um, the distributions or the returns from the legacy fund or the the funding that flows into the provincial unions and through them. We know this uh, is this is this a priority for NZR. We know how much how important this is for New Zealand rugby grassroots level. This is where our our next generation come from. So, do you feel like this is the number one priority of New Zealand NZR and other board and Mark Robinson um, helping you um, fulfil this priority? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I can I can tell you that it, um, every time there's a board meeting, community rugby gets significant mm. attention and discussion. Um, Mark yeah. Robinson um, has certainly been a, a really strong driver in ensuring that that we walk the talk um, with the, with the Silver Lake investment and ensuring that. We actually deliver on some of the promises that have been made along the way, and um, as I say, today's you know significant step in that regard. Uh, it totally is, Steve, and um, lots of people will be listening around the country today, thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to, to get onto my club and make sure they're chasing this up now that the window's open." Just on that, we know that people, and we talk a lot about, well, I talk a lot about racing on the show, and we've had a real issue with infrastructure, and at the end of the day, yeah, your governors can know exactly what your track needs, or your governors can, you know, the people that look after the game in New Zealand, New Zealand rugby, know what the game needs, but the people that are working in these clubs aren't professionals, they make mistakes, we see it all the time, they're volunteers, they're not necessarily highly skilled at running clubs, but they give their time, they're passionate. Is there any way to make sure... And I know you will want insurances that this that the actual stakeholders playing on a Saturday afternoon or parents taking to their clubs, kids to their clubs, aren't being let down by the people actually spending the money. Yeah, absolutely, and that's something else that we, we've contemplated. Because you're right, there's a there's a massive diversity of of club 
um, arrangements and, and management, you know, capabilities. So again, the provincial unions are critical here. So this whole process will be managed through the provincial unions. So every club will uh, today, um, or hopefully today, receive something from their provincial union advising them that this has opened up for applications. The clubs will then have to apply to the provincial union for the funding. And again, our intent is to get the money out the door, not to make that hard. It's a simple one-page application. Um, But there'll be some checks and balances there. So when when a club um, submits this application, they're also agreeing to be audited. uh, So they can be audited. We're not going to go and audit 470 clubs. But if there's cause for concern that any one provincial union has with an individual club or clubs, then they can go and audit that. Yeah, nice length. Honestly, huge announcement today, 7.5 million back into the rugby clubs. The grassroots, that's the heart of New Zealand rugby. Quickly, just on the under-85s, mate, obviously huge weekend. The Bush Pigs getting it up over the Auckland Debt Collectors, mate. Honestly, you must be really proud and happy with how, how that tournament's wow, gone from strength to strength two years in, back-to-back champions. But, mate, any any ideas going forward of where we could take this under-85 um KG competition too, mate. Uh, someone was yeah. talking about a World Cup, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one of our biggest concerns is that if it's successful, it turns into another high-performance competition, which is really not the intention. I mean, it, as, as anyone that watched the game on Saturday would, 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 would attribute, it was, I mean, it was definitely very good rugby, but, you know, with an element of tongue-in-cheek and things like the, the Shui Vuitton Cup and that, you know, give it its own flavour. Um, um, we, we, we've had three years of this competition now. It's grown each year, but each year it has been a co of a disrupted competition so next year our intention is just to deliver this without interruption um, and to continue that growth we're really keen to see some of the provincial unions that um, that don't have established grades but have entered composite teams so, yeah, it'd be great to see those those unions entering more than one team um, off the back of the success of this competition and then in time you know if there was if there was the possibility of um, some form of international competition and you know, frankly our, you know, our vision for it would be more along the lines of a, um, a a president's grade or a master's type uh, yeah. competition than a, than a than a pure high performance World Cup then we're really open to that but we just want to take one step at a time with this competition and it'd be really nice to have a run at it without COVID interrupting it um, next year for a start Oh I think I, I could just see this happening because people would have seen Saturday and think man that looks good we need to get a team so they'll start recruiting so you really wanted to maintain <laughs> the amateur kind of title don't you so how do you ensure they don't get out there and start losing the plot so i can picture some <laughs> some people going out there and start poaching yeah well we i mean you know it's it's something we've considered a lot right because you're right it's like any any com, com, competitive endeavor once people get a sniff of it they want to do better and so player eligibility rules are really important there we want to you know what it's, it's pretty simple really if you're under 85 kilos you're eligible <laughs> But if you know, but but this year we introduced the rule that you had to play in the, the qualification rounds in order to be eligible for the finals. Mm. So we don't want to see uh, clubs parachuting you know Premier grade players down following the end of the Premier uh, competition. Right. What's uh, what's Damien McKenzie weighing these days? Yeah, I think he'd qualify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, so I'll tell what you what, I mean, though, I, so I probably didn't qualify. I haven't qualified since I was fourteen years old, unfortunately. <laughs> We've got no chance. We've got no chance. I was thinking last night, like an Andy Ellis coming back from overseas, he'd be under eighty-five, so he'd be eligible. Yeah, he'd be eligible, but he'd have to commit to playing in the competition right, you know, for, right, right through. Right from the start. Yeah, yeah look, I like, I like that rule. And, mate, just, I just yeah, want to say well done. Well done to the NZR for really um, going back to where the game really needs support in the community rugby. You know, like being and working in my own club down in Waitara, 
Um, I'm going to turn into a rugby club so I can access that 40,000. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always thinking, always scheming. Um, we'll hear it from yourself, Andrew James, the manager order of him. the Bushies. Him, <laughs> <Order> him. <laughs> manager of the, the Southern Bush Pigs. We just had him on, and we'll be able to give you this feedback because it is really important to hear. Yeah, thanks, New Zealand Rugby, for giving us that opportunity. Playing before an All Blacks game, unreal, you know. Yeah, the boys were just fizzed. It was just such an experience for the guys and um, to get to another final and get the job done again, it's great. Yeah, and that's what you're doing and hopefully um, we can get clubs who can mm. have that sort of uh, gratitude and, and just start to move forward as we continue to grow rugby in New Zealand. Steve, really appreciate your time this morning. Well done and obviously you'll be busy today. So you'll be yep. flat tack wading through a lot of submissions, you and the unions. Uh, all the best. Thanks a lot. It's always a pleasure. There you go, Steve Lancaster, GM of Community Rugby. We'll be back in a wee bit with Paulie Mawadi, tab.co.nz, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Nearly at 27 minutes past 8 o'clock, and Rafael Nadal has bounced back to now be tied one set each with Francis TFO. Uh, a couple of messages came through, Ryan, from you and someone else about school rugby or young people leaving schools. We will get into that in the next wee while. Hey, Kimpy, look out the window there, mate. you got someone coming to you with a... You've demanded a coffee and you've been delivered a fl- small flat. Can you believe that, Izzy? New Zealand rugby Who's is. From? New Zealand rugby. Did they? Yeah, Izzy's demanded a coffee. Oh, oh, Kimpy. Old, Can you tell them to send one down here? Turn right only. He's demanded a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Did Legs buy one? Oh, yeah, boy. Got it right, too, Izzy. That's what you do. You don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the way to go, Kimpy Uncle. The length seven million four hundred and ninety-nine, no, ninety-five dollars. Well, that, do you know what they said? They said, "Oh, well, you guys don't come to the test matches because um, you don't you don't cover the test matches, and you don't you miss the media feeds there." So it's the least we could do. So um, they, uh, they said, "Oh, does that skinny guy in the back want a bap?" I said, "Joe, no, 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 he doesn't. He, he doesn't like that sort of thing." So. No, he's on a he's on fitness regime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, twenty eight minutes past eight. Paulie Moati, he'd never turned down a, a little bap, a little breakfast bap, would you, Paulie? Well, look, to be fair, uh, Kempi is obviously used to a certain level of service, and he's uh, getting that right now. And uh, good on him. <laughs> talking about talking about service, uh, Rafael Nadal uh, has evened it all up. He's currently a dollar twenty two to win his match against Francis Tiafo. Who is at three seventy five at the moment? Um, you can bet live uh, right now with us. And of course, we've got the tennis bonus back promotion. Um, just check out all the T's and C's for that in the punters lounge on the TAB website. And this weekend, Paulie, it's the big one, the big dance. We've got uh, the first Group One of the year at obviously Hastings, the Grand Tour stop as well. Um, the first one of those, so pretty exciting. It's the El Rocker uh, Colomides Trophy. I'm pretty sure they have there, and the Gold Trail. Big day. Expecting a big, a lot of turnover. Hopefully early with your no deductions promotion. Yeah, well, exactly. You can bet with a lot more confidence, uh, of course, Louis, uh, with that no deductions promotion. Um, looks like, I don't know, the weather doesn't look the best at the moment. Um, so I'm guessing the track won't be the best, but uh, you'll be able to bet into that market once the field is out um, and know that there will be no deductions regardless of the uh, number of scratchings there. And, of course, the Black Caps uh, up in Cairns taking on Australia. Uh, tonight, or today, tonight, 
the Australians who opened up just uh, north of a dollar fifty are now into a dollar forty seven we 've seen uh, quite a bit of support for the Australians to pick up that first one day international. The black caps now out to two fifty five of course we 've got a cricket bonus back promotion on that match, and there are a number of power plays in w- as well, and one that has caught the eye of a number of punters. Any player out for a golden duck paying twelve dollars that has been very, very well backed by punters. Any player out for a golden duck, $12. Love it, Paulie. I love that you're looking wide for us. I really appreciate that, mate. <laughs> Download TAB today to go find all those markets, and it's going to be a big week as we amble towards the Tarzino Trophy, right? Actually, speaking of some racing, love racing.nz, our update after this. Iga Swartek, oh, she's cruising. There she goes, and she loves it. She's through, progresses into the quarterfinals after winning six love in the third set. Just outground her opponent over there at Queens. Sorry, boys. I was trying to be quiet. Coffee. You weren't trying to be quiet. You know what I was just thinking then? I said, Paul Moata, he was was like a lizard drinking water then trying to get all of those odds out. And we haven't even spoken about the finals this week, you know what I mean? So I was going to go, and what about the NRL finals? I thought, no, man, he needs to take another sip. I took one for him. (laughs) Sound effects, Kemp. 29 away. The amount of texts we get about your breathing. It's <laughs> not my breathing. Mate, it's all. <laughs> There's only three of us. Come, come on, I'm getting on, boys. I'm getting on. <laughs> There's too much hair up my nose. I'm getting old. <laughs> oh, you've lost it. Here's that whole other newsbook component together with Shaping Building New Zealand. <laughs> It's uh, 26 away from uh, 9. We're going to talk to Kane Jones about some bloodstocks of thoroughbreds, is he in a wee bit? You've um, scared Kimpy off. It's just you and me. Yeah, where's he gone? He's What's gone. Happened? He's standing outside the window drinking his coffee because he's paranoid that he's slurping too hard. <laughs> oh, man, he cracks me up, old Kimpy. He just loves it. So good. Those sound effects, mate, that's that's you, Kimpy. Don't change who you are, my friend. I <laughs> love it. He's just, oh, here he is. He's come back in. So he's finished his coffee outside. He's back in the studio now. He's not self conscious anymore. Uh, what have we got? Loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Let's have a look at the field for the Tarzino, shall we? So, obviously, for these Group 1 nominated races, we can see who has been nominated and who is going to be in the field if we if they all get a start, which looks like they will. Um, start, well, starting limit is 16. What do we have? We've got 20-odd here. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. So let's have a look through it. Imperatrice? Well, she's going to be the favourite, isn't she? Demonetisation? Well, he was absolutely flying late in the Foxbridge play. Ocean Billy, of course, uh, Auckland Cup winner. Went over and ran the Melbourne Cup and just wasn't himself. Green Luck for Paul Harris will be coming up. Harlick, Mike Maroney and Pam Gerard last year I thought was actually close to to snagging a, a big one and getting a result in a group one. Helena Baby absolutely loves the wet. Loves the wet. And has been running some races for Johnny Bell, so there could little name. Ooh. Ah, yes, Helena. 
Wow, Daisy Helena have a bit. You might have to open her a TAB account. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I won't do that. But it's a one-horse race. Can anyone beat Imperatrice? Well, I mean, of course they can. But yeah, well, I guess that. Look, the funny thing is, like we we were a little bit, we were a little bit not concerned. But the query was when in the Foxbridge, how's she going to go on a real heavy track? But you mm. talk to guys like Butch Castles and. Um, you know, smart racing people, Mick, around the country, and Alan would have told you this many times, Kempi. There's so many different types of heavies. Like the, the and Tarapa is a, a they got that sand, and it's it's a different type of heavy, heavy to what Hastings, which is getting smacked by rain today, uh, Thursday, Friday, even into Saturday, it's meant to be wet. It's a way different type of heavy. So yeah, mm. she can get through a heavy. But it is one of these real mudlarks if it gets really wet. Is it going to get that deep by that time of the day that even her brilliance is nullified? Probably not from what we saw. I mean, she was so good, Kempi, but I just you'd never ever say she's a, a good thing in a group one on a heavy track. Well, no, you wouldn't. But, man, her last two performances, especially her last one, was outstanding. And you'd be a pretty brave man to be betting, betting against her after she performed on that wet track. So... Um, definitely the one to beat. Yeah, look, I like what you said about Helena Baby. That's you know loves the loves the wet um, and and you know last her last couple of ones have been absolutely stunning. So I think behind Imperatriz, there's a number of horses that you can pick. But the way she put links on them in that heavy ten um, is uh, I I still can't believe how much she put between them. I think. Look, and, and you don't use this against me and tell me that I told you not to back her, is he? Uh, I know how you, how you operate, but I think that <laughs> I think that she's going to be too short to back because it's just not worth having a bet on a dollar seventy shot on a heavy track. It's just, yeah, she might come out and win is by she five. That much? Is she a dollar seventy? She's dollar sixty-five in the, the futures right now. I think. It's it's a heavy track. Look, we'll see. Let's wait till the end of the week. I'll just finish this field. Yeah. Spring Tide, our alley cat. Spring Tide actually ran second in this race last year, I'm pretty sure. Dark Destroyer, an interesting runner for Lance Ooh. O'Sullivan and Andrew Scott. Performed over in Australia, ran in behind Pinarello. We, it'll be way short, way shorter of his best, but fresh. Jodelin Gow has been set this race, rock hard fit. Rosen Power actually ran a, a nice race in the Foxbridge. Now, the one is La Creek. Yeah. It's, that's the unknown quantity here. Like Imperatriz is, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, this is this is turning into a doozy. It's good. I'm taking on Imperatriz. Woo. Well, and and it's a doozy, Izzy, because the reality is we don't know how good La Creek can be. And we we've seen it now. Imperatriz, she could be favourite for the Empire. I think she is, and favourite for the Golden Eagle. So like people are smart. Australian judges are saying she's the best horse in New Zealand, best four year old horse in New Zealand Mm. and Australia. Oh, and she and she's and she's showing that at the moment. Like, and she's got the runs on the board. Hundred percent. Group ones in a row now, or group two, group ones in a group oh. two. But La Creek, I'm coming out of retirement. You're going to get in the sauna and jump on the back of one. No, no, I just, um, I just, I just am punted for a couple of days, so I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> a couple. A two days. Only people say a couple of months. R18, gamble responsibly. 21 away yes, from always. 9. Loveracing.nz. I'm on I'm on Imperatriz. I just think she's... I just don't think she gets beat this year. Clip it. 
in New Zealand. You oh, stopped no, the phone case. He's not clipping that. Ah, he's not clipping that. Now you can clip it. <laughs> <laughs> now you can clip it. No way. No way. <laughs> and if she doesn't, oh. and if she picket fences, you'll be a genius. Ring Opie, Ring Opie, you've just stopped the pit. <laughs> 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 uh, let's ask Kane Jones, New Zealand Bloodstock, up after this. 16 away from 9am and spring is here, even though it's snowing in Wellington and Christchurch at Daggy's place. So it does mean breeding season is in full swing. It just would have been cold in the barns this morning. New Zealand Bloodstock has this week launched their star-studded catalogue for NZB's 2022 ready-to-run sale at Karaka. The world's premier sale of two-year-olds is set to emerge from two years of COVID disruption, returning to the absolute peak of its powers. What a great sale it is. November 16 and 17, a superb selection of 329 two-year-olds who go under the hammer, offered by respected Kiwi vendors. Kane Jones is a gun bloodstock executive for NZB. He's good to us. He's always good with his time, and he's on the line. Now, morning, Kane. How are you? Yeah, morning, Louis. Uh, yeah, great to be on the show. Hey, um, how many, how many, let's start with this. We can't do this without the sires. It's breeding season at the moment. How many sires will be on display across the uh, ready-to-run sale this year? Um, I think we've got 89 or possibly 90, so a really um, broad cross-section of sires. Uh, we've got New Zealand-proven sires like um, Severbeel, Ocean Park, um, uh, Perencanto, Prasia. Um, and a really um, exciting bunch of um, emerging sires and then a good um, sort of cross-section uh, of Australian-based sires as well. So a um, really good spread of sires and I think um, something for everybody, really. All right, Kane. Lot 198 last year was my baby. It's trialling today and I'm excited. Can't wait to see it. But, mate, I'm looking through the lots. Which lot are you thinking is going to get the most heat? Where can you have make us have a look? Were you expecting the big numbers or a bit of, um, bit of um, yeah? Morning, is he? There's some um, pretty exciting ones. Um, we've got a well, gee, we've got a Tavachi out of a Group One winner in costume. Um, we've got a Savabeel out of a Group One winner in Sophia Rosa, who won the Australian Oaks. Um, we've got a, a Tavachi half brother to Koei, uh, horse Kempi probably has heard of. <laughs> um, and I think a, a surprise package might be a, um, a horse by Medaglia Doro uh, sold by Riversley Park. He has a lot of similar, similarities to a horse called Golden 60 up in um, Hong Kong, a superstar up there, and he's, he's by the same sire out, um, out of the same um, uh, farm. So looking forward to seeing him go through as well. Yeah, you're starting to tick those boxes when you, when you drop those names. <laughs> it's pretty cool, Kane. Can you just give us, and anybody that's interested and, and curious, because we, they, we probably hear, people probably hear us talk about NZB, the sales, Karaka, and just lots of kind of words without much association. What literally is the ready-to-run sale compared to the other sales you have throughout the calendar yet? Yeah, so um, good question. Um, our, our main sale of the year is the yearling sale, which we have in January. Um, those horses are a bit younger than these ones. They're still yearlings. Um, they're sort of 18 months old, roughly. Um, but these ones have gone through a bit, bit more education. They've been broken in and, and ridden. Um, sort of early, early preparation, early education. And we actually um, gallop them up the straight at Tirapa. Um, and we film them, we time them. And we have all that information um, out for the um, public to to um, to buy these horses. So just a little bit further down the education process, and 
and like the name suggests, a little bit closer to racing. Hey, Kane, in a couple of years' time, you'll have a Cinerama Tenzino, probably Colt or Philly, probably, I reckon, Cox Plate type. What do you reckon that thing will be worth? Oh, I, I hate to think. I, I don't know if we've got a, enough zeros to put on the end of that figure, but um, <laughs> I, I like the way you're thinking, Kempi, because um, Tarzino's two Group 1 winners so far have both been bred out of um, Dane Hill line mares, and I know Cinerama is a... A, um, a daughter of Darcy Brahma, so she's a Dane Hill line mare. So you, I think you might be tapping to a real gold mine there. I, I didn't know we were oh. we were talking to such an astute breeder. <laughs> Get used to it, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, the, the one Shake Shirok is rolling his eyes at the gap at Taranaki. Hey, um, Kane, before we let you go, and, and great to hear that the Ready to Runs are back and ready to unshackle. I can't wait to get down there and, and um, see some beautiful horses a wee bit further along in their careers than the yearling sales. Well explained there. Tomorrow, it is tomorrow, isn't it? On Trivier is up for sale on Gavel House. Now, last time we had one of those tangerine mares go on Gavel House, Avantage fetched, what was it, five million bucks or so? So what about Daggy unloading the wallet on, on Trivier tomorrow? How deep is he going to have to go? <laughs> yeah, that's another exciting one. And again, we're very thankful for um, Tiakia to, um, for entrusting us with these beautiful mares on Gavel House. Um, Avantage didn't quite um, uh, reach 5 million. She got to 4.1, which was, or still is, a world record for a horse sold online. Um, I'm not quite sure if um, on Trevia we'll get to that point, but um, she's a superstar. She was a Group 1 winner here in New Zealand, a Group 2 winner in Australia. Uh, I saw her out on the farm the other day. She's a a beautiful type, um, plenty of quality there. And um, she's going to fly past a million, no doubt, uh, just where where the figure lands at the end. Uh, is anyone's guess, but I mean, you guys get paid a lot to be on radio, so I think you'll be there at the pointy end. Uh, no chance, but no chance. Lifestyle block, you know me. There's <laughs> no money left uh, living here. Well, it's leaking out of the, the crack in your pool, isn't it? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. No, no, I'm excited. This is the day, boys. I bought a So You Think from Ready to Run last year with uh, a couple of others, so first trial today, Kane. I'm excited. Can't wait to see it. Have a little trot, a little gallop. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, so you think of the horse dear to our hearts. He um, he went through the Karaka sales ring and, and he ended up winning a number of group ones across uh, across both hemispheres. So um, I think last time I checked, he had nine group one winners and hopefully your horse is he is the 10th for him. <laughs> oh, cheers, but hopefully. It's the dream as well, truly alive, and that's what you guys do. Kane, you ignite dreams. www.nzb.co.nz. Go to their website and you can find that all the information you need on the Reader Runs upcoming. Uh, Kimpy, good luck for you and your breeding odyssey. Izzy, good luck for you and your racing Sounds odyssey. Good, Sounds like you're onto something there, Kimpy. You getting a little tingle in your eye, eh? Yes. Oh, well, Mark says, Mark says, I agree with Slurpee on the text line. <laughs> the, rig, the big rig. He's been waiting for his opportunity. No, no, Bang. no, no. It's not the rig. It's not big it's rig. Not the it's rig. Another one. Another Mark. It's another Mark. Oh, You're yeah. making enemies with Mark. I wasn't Mark's that bad. I wasn't that bad. Mark. Actually, my best mate's name is Mark. He's a, it's probably him. I agree. It's That's the type of comment he would make, too. I think yeah. this is Mark that loves rugby league, but yeah, so it could be you, mate. I agree with Slurpee. Uh, Helena, baby boys, get on, says Joey. And Otis, yeah. will the TAB still pay that $12 that the player has run out without facing a ball or having just one ball that is still a golden duck? Thanks, Otis. Otis, 
you're asking the hard questions. T's and C's, mate. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll, we'll get uh, Ricardo to find out when he has his TAB cross a little bit later on. Uh, speaking of, Rick Dog, he's up after this to round out our show, a fun show with uh, Daggy and Slurpee. <laughs> we are two minutes away from 9am. It's been a, a fun old show today and tomorrow we'll have plenty more to get into as well when we look back at the cricket. The Black Caps, well the Chapel Hadley, Black Caps in Australia today up in Cairns of all places. Um, I guess that's because the rest of the stadiums have been used for NRL and AFL around the country and Australia. We'll be reviewing that live commentary from 4pm here on SCNZ. Smithy's not here today, Rick Dog, which makes me think he's over there. He is, yeah, he's in Cairns, mate. So he's doing, he's on the, he's on the commentary team uh, for for that. So uh, yeah, we could have hear Smithy back on comms. Yeah, on the Morton Bugs, cricket on Sky Sport. You just love to see it, don't you? You do, you do. Yes, makes life that much easier. Yeah, the US <laughs> Open on Spark Sport at the moment, and. Um, TFO, he's got a break up against Rafael Nadal. There you go. That game is going to get tight. Lots so much sport on at the moment. Nick Kyrgios, can he win it, Rick? Yep. Yep, he can. He's made he's made one Grand Slam final this season, uh, and uh, I, I, there's no doubt he can win this. He's just ousted the number one seed yesterday, of course. And it's interesting, pre-tournament, he was the 23rd seed, but he was the fourth favourite with the bookies. So he's on a streak. He's on form. He won at Washington. So, he's yeah, hot. every chance. And interest, interesting to hear him in his post-match. He said that you know wh- why, why, what's changed? What well, they said, what's changed? He said, oh, I just, I just care. I just, <laughs> I, I care now. Like I'm not going out partying. I'm staying with my girlfriend. I actually just, I'm sick of, again. Similar to the Michael McNabb thing. I'm sick of letting people down. Mm. I, I want to do well for my box, and then he just berates them. So, <laughs> I don't know. good, good Netflix. But it's all it's part of the show. Good, good Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> He's, they're doing a Netflix show on, on the tennis, uh, Louis, and they're actually following them around. It all makes sense. It's all a show, mate, because when they did the All Blacks one, mate, Steve Hansen and everyone else, they all changed for the camera. You knew when they were mic'd up because they put on a show. Oh, crack up. Anyway, have a good day, uh, Ricardo. Appreciate Jesus. you coming on, mate. And thanks to everyone that has messaged through on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight, double three, and all our guests. Head over to... Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and have a listen to all the podcasts for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Kakiteano. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.